Abusai, we're in Dachafala from Amenal, we're starting from Dachaf. Amad Beis, the last line on the page, the fourth word in the line, my time Yesterday, we said that according to Behuda, uh, an OL that a person didn't make, and it, was, it, it came about on its own, the, the one that nature made, or a person made but not intending to be an overhang, an, over, an, an overcovering, is not an OL. So the Gemara says, my time at Rabbi Yehuda, what's the reasoning of Rabbi Yehuda? Where do we get such an idea from? The answer is, Yolif, he learns out, OL, OL, he learns Gzeir Shaba, word bridge, of tent, tent me Mishkan from the Mishkan. Ksipacha, it's written here. When it comes to Tumat, uncleanliness, Zos Hatora, Adam Kiyomasvaho, this is the Torah, man who dies in a tent, that's a tent. Ksipacha, and it's written when it came to the Mishkan, to the, to the tabernacle in the desert. That Moshe spread out the tent on the Mishkan, Malahalon, just like over there, it's by a person where a person intentionally makes a, a, a protection over over a cavity. Afkan also over here, but the Adam also here through man. I knew so what do the rabbis hold who disagree? Why don't they also learn that that uh, The answer is oh all Reba. Even though there is such a Xerashov, but the thing is that what that when it came to Tuma, the Pasak the, the Pasak talks about Tuma, it says all, oh, all, oh, all oh. keeps saying all oh, over and over again, which says what that an Ohel, a tent in any case, even when the person didn't make it purposely to uh, it wasn't made by man to be an overhang. I says the Gemara. Now the Gemara wants to challenge you. Said that we now said that oh, Rabbi Yehuda holds that if you if you that if you, if, if a tent is not made by man with the intention of uh, to to overhang a, a cavity, it's not called a tent, even though it does. I besav Rabbi Yehuda kol ol sheino asu b'de'adam eino ol. Does Rabbi Yehuda really hold that any tent that's not made by a human being is not considered to be is not considered to be a tent? Is that really true? I want to show you Uriah. Now just have to remember there was they were, because the the rabbis uh, did a very incredible thing. When it came to uh, when it came to the Kohen who was going to prepare, we're going to burn, we're going to prepare the the ashes of the Paraduma. Since the rabbis had had to make a very demonstrative move against the against the tzedukim, tzedukim were people who rejected their old tradition. So they 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 disagreed with the rabbis uh, that a person who was a tool yom, a person who had gone to the mikvah and hadn't completely finished the the purification process. According to the rabbis, he was kosher to do the job, but according to the tzedukim, he wasn't. So the rabbis used to purposely make the Kohen unclean to, and have him go to the mikvah that day to demonstrate, to sh- take away, to, to, un, un, to, to de- demonstratively disagree with the tzedukim. Once they did that, though, in order to make sure that now people will not take the uncleanliness vis-a-vis the paraduma lightly, they went overboard every place else. So they made, they made absolutely no possibility for any kind of, any kind of uncleanliness. And they had, a, they had these kids and courtyards, etc. We'll see the second, which went overkill, the biggest failsafe in the world to guarantee that when they got the water to bring back, it spritz on the coin, etc. All these things and spritz on the coin, like we learned about, that it was going to be absolutely no possibility of uncleanliness. So what was the case? Okay, so now we learned uh, uh, what was the case. First of all, there were courtyards in Shalim that were on rock that had never been had never been disturbed. So we have a great assumption that there's no there's no corpse buried there. It was never it was never moved. Okay, Okay, but still, even that that was a double thing. They said also, also they built them on platforms that had a, a gap of one tefach under them. So it was a tent, you know, said a platform over the over the rock. So even if there was tumah, remember an ohel stops tumah. An ohel, if there's tumah under an ohel, it spreads the tumah all under itself, but it stops it from bur- bursting out upwards unless there's unless there's a 
you know, if there's not a space, then it press that up. So they had a double, a double thing. One was, one was on this rock that was never moved. Two was, it was before the tent. The courtyard was on a platform above it. Okay, and and why mipnei I'm all worrying about what about a hidden grave. We may be in and they would bring pregnant women there. We all they would give birth there. When Magadus Benayim Shom the Parah, they would they would raise the kids there, right there in the courtyard. The kids would be grown in that place. They would be raised in that place. So he never had a chance to become Tommy. Now when they had to go go get the water from the Shiloh, what did they do? They would bring oxen, and they would have doors that would extend, which the kids would 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 sit on. But and the kids would sit on them. So remember, these these doors would make it so that here they were never going to be overhanging, making a tent with themselves over any kind of over any kind of uh, uh, over any kind of uh, uh, tuma. Because of shav midayim, and they had they had utensils of stone which can't become tame in their hands. When they came to the shiloh to, to this spring of the shiloh, yardu tochamayim. This tana holds what? At that point, we have no choice. They have to they have to get off and go down. Okay, it's very unlikely somebody buried a corpse in the spring, but so that part they have according to this tana they do it. Umilam, so they would go down with these things and they would fill them up. Ba'alubiyashulam, they would get up and, and sit back again in the door. So everything till the last second, they're completely protected. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says no. Rabbi Yossi Omer, he says, no, that's not what happened. I am a shal shale umala. He would, they would lower it down on a rope and fill it up. Of course, there's an argument whether that's valid or not. So the first Tana holds that you can't do it. You can't, you can't lower it. So you're going to have to give in at that point and let the kid go down. And the, but, but Rabbi Yossi says, no, it's even fine. The kid stays on top of the door, on top of the ox, and just lowers it down with a rope and brings it up. Why? Lest there be a, a, hidden, a hidden grave even in the spring. Okay, but Tanya, and we learned, here's the main point, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda disagrees, and he says, oh, Omer, Rabbi Yehuda says, no, he says, they did not bring doors, they only brought, they only brought oxen, and oxen were very uh, broad, so the ox itself, the kids, the, kid, the ox was so broad that the kids' limbs didn't extend out over the ox, it was good enough to just bring a wide ox, and don't bring, don't bring the doors, I, says the Gemara, one second, how is the ox going to be good, okay, you're right, now the ox is, is, is a tent, he's overhanging the area beneath him, but no, nobody made it, nobody made the ox for the purpose of that, and, and people, even, forget about making it, even the use, like said, that's the use of an ox, we don't use oxen as that, even using it would be considered that we made the tent, you see, we don't use oxen to overhang the area below, okay, the whole shit also be the other move, it's a, it's a tent which is not made by man, we, nobody intended for that person, that's not what we use it for, so how could it use, be a tent to protect the kid from any tumor that might be under it, according to Rabbi Yehuda, he doesn't have the door, I have we learned by Yehuda Omer, he said, because he, what, and he, and, he, and, he, and he said clearly, and he said clearly what, they dafka do not bring doors, we don't use the doors, we specifically use, uh, use we, we specifically use the oxen. So he says, uh, the answer is that Yehuda is going to hold, like we learn in another, we have a different place where the same rule applies. Even though a, a tent overhang a small area that's not made by man for the sake of overhanging is not a tent, once it's overhanging a larger area, it's good even though man didn't make it for the sake of overhanging, of sheltering. What, is that, what does that mean? It's a fist by a fist by a fist, okay? And it's a big fist. It comes like a size of a man's head. It's big, okay? That size, we learn, since we learn from another place in Tuba, that that size has importance even though, even though a lesser size doesn't. Here too, once it's that size, even Rabbi Hud admits that it's only not good when it's a smaller space. When it's big enough, a fist by a fist, 
this, this size of a person's head, that area is big enough. That area is the that area the hawks overhangs. And even though people don't usually use it for overhanging, it's considered an overhanging tent. And even Rabbi Yehuda holds it's good. Tanya and Yochem, we indeed learn that way. Rabbi Yehuda, admits, okay, let's say uh, let's say you had big boulders that came out of their place, and there's there's a hole. Okay, there's a hole. Menakike eslaim or 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 crevices between the between the rocks. Okay, which are big. Those are big, big holes. Those holes that are overhung, even though it's not where a person purposely did it for the sake of overhanging, it's still considered a tent, even according to Rabbi Yehuda. Aye. So now one second. So now one second. So then, what's the reason? Uh, what's the reason that you don't bring the doors then? Okay, it must be because they're not made as a tent. I Bahari Delos. Then what's wrong with the doors? The door also the Eishbakamai grofim. The size of the door is quite big. If you look at it, the area of the door itself and the area under there's going to be several fistfuls. It's going to be the doors overhanging a big area. So even even if what, even if it was made, even if it wasn't made for you know for overhanging, it's still going to be considered tentative according to Yehuda. Why do you say you can't use the doors? You have to use the ox. Did we literally say you don't bring tours? You bring only the oxen. Amar Abayi says no. He says he says he says All he meant to say was you don't have to bring doors. He never would say the the door would also work. He said he would just argue so you don't need doors. The ox is good enough. I Rava Amar Rava says no. Lord, even lost his colleague. He says no. He says he says why? Well, he says they, no. He says you're wrong. They really purposely didn't bring the doors. Why? Not because they couldn't be a good tent, but one, if they should die, they'll tino gasa love. Yeah, because because the answer is like this. Because when the kid's on the door, the kid feels secure. Okay, and therefore what? And he's not afraid he's going to fall down. Okay, Even so, maybe he'll he'll extend one of his limbs or his head over the door and overhang the hidden tuma. Okay. Therefore, what we have to sit on the ox, which is broad, you're right, the door also would have been a good tent, but we don't use it because the kid's too confident, he's too sure of himself, he doesn't feel he's going to fall down, so we put on the ox, which, which is broader than he is, and he's not going to overhang, he's afraid he's just hanging on for his dear life, he's not going to, he's not going to be doing any fancy tricks. Tiny Kabasi, the Rava, we learned like Rava, like Rava said, that what? That the problem is that we don't use the doors lest the kid will extend himself outwards. Because Rabbi Hudomer, Rita says, he says explicitly what they never brought the door. Why? Because the kid is very confident. He's very sure of himself. Maybe he'll extend his head or one of his limbs outwards. Become tummy from the hidden tumor. You know, the kevatum means a hidden grave, you know, a deep grave, but it means hidden tumor. Elamevin Shraim Amitsu, what do they do? They bring Egyptian oxen, okay, which have wide bellies, and okay, and they go and they are going to be an intervening tent between the kid and anything that's below it. But the kids sit on top of them, because they shall ever be there when they have cups of stone in their hands, which can't become tame. They got to the shiloh, Yardu Malam Ba'alubiyashru. And then they would go down and they would fill them up and they'd get back up again. Now I have a little bit of a problem. One second. Now if you told me that according to Behuda, that any tent that's not made by man for, uh, you know, for, uh, for overhanging is not a tent unless it's very big. I, now I got a problem. In our Mishnah, Behuda held that it was okay, that it was okay to sleep under, under a bed. 
Now, one second, he says, now, if a bed is really a tent, then you, then you, then you didn't fulfill Mitzvah Sukkah, you're in a tent in the Sukkah, you're not in the Sukkah. I have a Harimita, the Eshba, Kamagrofim. He says, one second, a, te- a, a, a bed has several fistfuls of, of area underneath it. So, why should, it should be, according to that, even according to Hudu, it should be a kosher Sukkah. And he should say that you're not Yotze if you sleep under the bed because you're sleeping in a tent and not in the Sukkah. Utran, yet we learned in our mission of Yehuda, Rabbi says, he says, we were accustomed to be sleeping under the bed in front of the in front of the elders. So, so it can't be. Doesn't make any sense. Why is he holding it was kosher to sleep in a, in, in a bed in, in in the sukkah? If he holds it a bed that has that has an egg roof that has the fist, you know, the fistful fist by fist by fist area is a good tent. Even if you don't, even if you didn't make it, you know, as an overhang, if it happened naturally, then he should hold it's a kosher tent, and it should and he should hold he should he should feel that you're not yotzi yet. He says you are. He says, no way, shall beat the whole of He says, don't make a He says, a bed is different. Because not only, not only, okay, it's true, you didn't make it specifically as a tent, but you made it specifically to be for above and not for below. You purposely intended to use the bed for the part on top of the, of the bed and not the below. So it's not a tent, that's what he holds. I says one second, get out of here. If that's too shrum What do you mean? How people don't use oxen for what's below. The use of an ox is for what's on top, for sitting on top of it, not sitting below. So why was an ox a good tent then? If, if the fact that we, that we make the bed or we use the bed for sleeping on top makes it that it's not a tent for what's below, well, the ox we use for sitting on top of it, but not for what's below, why don't we who to hold the ox was a good tent? And it says, Robin, Lazar. So he came back and he said, Shani Shrub, he said, no, oxen are different. Home beginning around, because it is, it's a normal use of of oxen to yes use them as a tent, to use them as a shelter for what's below. They, what they use the shelter, the shepherds, the chama the 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 shepherds would stick their head under the ox in the in the summer for, to protect from the heat because of the because of the, because of the in the in the hot time. Bikshamim and to protect themselves from the rain, in the in the summertime to protect themselves from the heat, Bikshamim and in the raining time to protect themselves from the rain. So that was made they, they really did use it as an overhanging shelter. Ay hachi if that's true Okay, mitanami. Then okay, the same thing by a bed. Don't you know? Is in a normal usage. People put their shoes and their sandals underneath. So the bed is used to overhang and to protect the area underneath. Mar says, okay, you have to say that that's not good enough. That is not a good enough answer. That's not the reason why it's a tent. And Omar Rabbi has to say this. Shani Shami says, here's the difference. He says, Shvarim suyim. Okay, Here, the ox itself, the back of the ox is made to protect the insides, the innards of the ox. Okay, the, uh, the spinal cord and the bones around it, that itself is an oil for the innards, for the innards, insides of the ox. Shinemar, how do we see from the Pasuk? It says, Oru Basar Tabisheni, you clothe me, you dress me in, in, in skin and meat. And you overhang me as a schach, you protect me with what? With bones and with sinews. So you see that we consider the bones to be an overhanging schach. So the ox's back itself is an ohel, okay, over, over its innards. And that's the good, that's the good oh. It's not, it's not, we don't have to worry about it, we use the, that we made it for the area under. It itself is a, is, is, is a tent, okay, protecting, protecting the ox. If you want, I can give you another answer. No. That I can tell you the truth is that you know what? It's, I think I say the other way. You're right. What you said before. According to Yehuda, the bed is a tent. You're right. The bed is a good tent. I. But but and still, okay. 
and, and still, but still, where you're just going to hold that you can sleep under the bed. The bed's a tent, and you can still sleep under it. Why? And, and not and not and not cancel and not disqualify your fulfillment of the mitzvah sukkah. Why? Who did the time? Because who follows his reason? Remember, we had earlier a whole list of opinions that hold that a sukkah has to be a permanent dwelling. Who the hell that a sukkah could be more than twenty amos high? It's okay for it to be permanent. It, it has the quality of permanence. And he held what? And the bed, it's a tent, but it's a, but it's a it's a temporary tent. Okay, why? Because the bed moves from place to place. It's not a bed. You move beds around, and therefore what? The sukkah or keva, and the sukkah is a permanent tent. And a, and a temporary tent does not come and nullify a permanent tent. You're right. He's sleeping in a tent in the sukkah, but it's still it's not important enough since it's a temporary tent. Sleeping under the bed is not a, it's not it's not an important enough tent to override to override to sleeping in the permanent tent of the sukkah. Therefore, even if either bed's a tent, but it's a temporary tent, and therefore it doesn't disqualify his sukkah. That's why you're right. He holds it's a tent. Okay. One second, the guy got a problem though. Remember, the Mishnah was also a Shimon. Rabbi Shimon also held like not like not, not like not like not like Rabbi Yudah. He held also that you're not allowed to sleep under the bed. Remember, he learned this whole he, he learned this whole he's the one who who interpreted the whole story of Ram Leo with his slave Daro, etc. To understand you now that that, that 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 sleeping under the bed disqualifies you keeping in the mitzvah. I've Rabbi Shimon the Amar Nami Rabbi Shimon, remember earlier we learned that the uh, uh, that that he was also a list of people who hold that a sukkah essentially has to be a permanent dwelling. He held you always have to have four walls. It has to be have to have, have a permanence. Yet what? Okay. Uh, yet and yet, and yet he held you can't sleep under the bed because it because it disqualifies mitzvah new. So according to him, all arrived. He holds a sukkah has to be a permanent, a per, what we call a permanent a dwelling of permanence, a tent of permanence. And yet he holds that you can't sleep under the bed. And he holds, you see, so he's letting the tent, how come he's letting a temporary tent over, override a permanent tent? Okay, the answer is no. He said, that's the argument between them. That's the argument between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yudah. Mar, when it comes to Rabbi Shimon, he holds that, so he holds it, but he holds a temporary tent, overrides a permanent tent. Umar, and Rabbi Yudah, he holds that a temporary tent does not override a permanent tent. Now we have the whole story that we learned in our mission. Um, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon said, there's a famous story of the Canaanite slave of Raman Gamliel, who slept under the bed, and he, and he learned the lessons from him. Tanya, we learned, um, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon said, from the from the, from the conversation of Raman Gamliel, I learned two things, we learned two things. When we learned the Canaanite slaves, are exempt from the obligation to sleep in a sukkah. And we learned that one who sleeps under the bed did not fulfill his obligation. Why did Rabbi Shimon say from the sicha, from the conversation, why did he say from the, from the words of Rabbi Gamaliel we learned these two things? Why do he use a special language of sicha, of the conversation? The answer is, besides what he taught us, the laws that he taught us, he also wanted to teach us another point, by the way, and that is what? Like Rabbi Shimon said, or some people say a different, a different quote, but how do we know that even the mundane conversation of Tamir Chachamim 
warrants study. It has to be, it has to be studied carefully because they're always going to be teaching you something more than just what they're talking about. Shinemarz, it says, well, you always get more Torah from them. Shinemarz, it says, well, Leilo Yibo. We're talking about a, a tzaddik, okay, who's always learning Torah, a Leilo Yibo. It says that his leaves will never wither. You're never good, not going to get something out of it. Even, even the lightest part of the tree, the leaf is going to do something. Or even the simplest conversation of a Tamachacham is going to tell you some Torah. You're always going to gain something. Okay, now we learn a, a Mishnah. A person puts his schach, he supports the schach on the bed frame, on the, on the, on the sides of the bed. No, he takes the whole bed, takes the mattress off, and he uses the, he uses the, the regular schach, he puts the schach on the, on the bed. Now, now, the, the, now, remember, the schach is made out of a kosher material. The bed is something that can receive tumor, okay? Shayra, so the mission says it's kosher. Yehuda Omer, Yehuda says no. He says if the schach can't stand on its own, the schach is truly being supported by the bed frame sula, then the sukkah is not kosher. Says the Gemara, my time with Yehuda, what's the reason of Yehuda? Why can't I put the schach on the, on the bed frame? Uh, what's the problem? The, the, the bed is not the schach, I don't care what it's off, it's a bit, received to him or not. So Pligi bought Rabbi Zeru, Rabbi Ababar Mamamo. These two rabbis argue what's the reasoning of Rabbi Yehuda. Chadamar, one says, what's the reason of the Medesha in Lakeva? I'll tell you why. So because the bed is not permanent. We take it from place to place. And the sach, which is leaning on it, has no permanence. And he holds, remember we said earlier, who holds you have to have an aspect of permanent dwelling. So therefore what? Since the support of the sach is impermanent, so the sach is impermanent. Sach, sach, theoretically, it's not going to move from place to place. It's not considered a good sukkah. But Chadamar once said, no. says, no, the problem is because you are supporting the sach on the bed frame, which, 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 which receives too and you can't support the schach on something that receives too much. It's going to be as if, as if it's anything as if you had actually made schach, even though this schach is not makabal too much, does not receive too much, but as if you, it's going to be the same problem as if you, you as if you use schach that is makabal too much. New Maibinai, what's the practical difference between these two reasons? The answer is, I'll tell you, here's an example. Let's say a person put metal bars in, into the ground and he put the schach on top of them. Okay, and now which they they receive tumah. According to the opinion, what that the problem of Rabbi Yehuda was that the bed frame is not permanent and the schach is not permanent. Hari uh, uh, Now the now even though even though the the, the supporting frame is makabel tumah, but it's it's permanent. So therefore, what this is permanent, so everything's gonna be fine. But according to but according to the opinion that the reasoning why Yehuda says you can't put the, the schach on top of the bed is because the bed receives tumah. Then in this case also, even though you use even though you use the permanent thing like like the metal like the metal bars, still it's it's something that receives tumah, and still the sukkah is not going to be kosher because the schach was put on something that wasn't makabel tumah. Amr Abaya Abaya says the following: he says lo shanu he says, this whole problem of Rabbi Huda is only a problem if you actually support the schach on the bed, okay? But if he uses the bed simply for the walls, and he's going to put schach on top of it, but not supported by it, okay? Okay, so you know the words. He put, he put, uh, he put a frame, uh, that, the, uh, an independent frame that's going to hold up the schach, then it's going to be kosher. Okay, and and uh, uh, it's going to be kosher. Obviously, the frame is going to be something that is kosher for slach. Why? My time. What's the reason? Because either way, it's going to be fine now. The one who says what that it wasn't permanent. Now it's permanent, even though the bed, which is the walls, is not permanent. But the slach is what the slach is on a permanent frame that has permanence. It's fine. And the one who says what the problem is, you put it, you're you're supporting it on something that is. 
that is receives tuma ha'emamida. He's not he's not putting it on the bed frame. Okay, but that we're makabel tuma. He's not putting it on the bed frame. That's makabel tuma on something. He's not putting on something makabel tuma. He's putting on something like I tell you where the frame is not makabel tuma and it's fine. And that's a daf. Everyone have a wonderful day.